Welcome to the program, friends. Welcome to the broadcast. We are uh, here on this Thursday evening of Corbett Report Radio, and I'm your host once again, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, where I would once again urge you all to go, if you have not yet done so, to check out my work, except for the fact that my servers are down right now, so you will not be able to access CorbettReport.com if you are listening to my voice live here on this Thursday night, uh, Thursday evening, because... My servers are down, and my website is down with it, so I don't uh, have any anything to show you at the moment. And I am, of course, working on this behind the scenes, and I am trying to get this sorted out with my Euro VPS hosting company, but uh, this server that uh, CorbettReport.com is on right now is clearly on its last legs, and it seems to go down about once a month now, and uh, obviously that's just not acceptable. So I'm going to be seeing if I can get a different server with uh, EuroVPS, or I might have to switch hosting companies altogether because I obviously can't keep going through this every single month. So if anyone out there has a suggestion for a good hosting company with reliable servers that won't crash every single month, I am all ears and am extremely interested to hear about it. So once my uh, servers get back up, hopefully uh, you'll be able to contact me once again through CorbettReport.com. If not, I suppose you can always call into RBN and let them know, and uh, they'll pass it on to me anyway. But um, yes, so if you are listening live right now, you will not be able to go to CorbettReport.com, but I am working on it, and of course it will be up just as soon as humanly possible. On other notes, uh, tonight is the Thursday night edition of the broadcast, which usually means that we have headlines and open phones in the first half, and James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com in the second half. But tonight is not a usual uh, broadcast. Uh, James Evan Pilato is off this week. He's taking a much, much needed uh, week off. But we will be back, as far as I know, next week with both New World Next Week and Food World Order, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, tonight we're going to be joined by our regular guest, Eric Shine, who is supposed to be joining me here on air. Um, I think he is in the process of getting online right now. Once he's up, we will get him on the air. And uh, in the meantime, of course, the phone lines are completely wide open for today. Anything you want to get in on tonight, 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. And as I understand it, we do have Lieutenant Eric Schein on the line. So, Eric Schein, thank you for joining us all here once again. Yeah, James, how's it going? Well, uh, not too bad. How are you doing? Well, I'm alive. All things considered, I guess I'm not in as bad a position as a lot of other people out there right now. It could be worse, but uh, it could be better. For yeah, sure. right. Yeah. Well, uh, let's like, uh, no. let's start getting into it. What's the latest? <clears throat> well, I'm still... The original brief was due December 5th of 2011 for the Ninth Circuit, and I've been fighting for the last six months or seven months to get the complete administrative... I remember any and all discovery was blocked, denied by the Coast Guard. Remember, the Coast Guard sits in all... The Coast Guard is the regulatory agency and or authority that is not only deciding law or applying law, it's making law. Um, It's basically uh, the way our system has been set up, and I'm not sure how many people understand this, But the Administrative Procedure Act, it's been kind of, um, 
I guess, twisted a little bit. I was going to say corrupted or subverted, but its original intent was to ensure... Okay, I guess I hear the music coming up. We are at that time. It's uh, 20 seconds to the break, so we'll take a short break. Um, let's let's take a breather. We'll recoup, and we'll go back into this and, of course, refresh uh, people's memory for people who might not remember your story or people hearing it for the first time. Uh, once again, talking to Lieutenant Eric Shine. Phone lines open, 1-800-313-9443. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages. Friends, welcome back to the program. You're tuned into Corporate Report Radio, and tonight we are talking to Eric Shine once again about his ongoing legal battle and uh, really all of the things that he's been through over the past decade as he is the uh, really canary in the coal mine for us in terms of uh, martial law implementation by the Coast Guard and the Administrative Procedures Act and all of this rigmarole. Uh, Eric, once again, just so, so much going on right now. Let's uh, let's continue with what's happening. What's the latest is. Well, let me really quick uh, focus on, then I'll get it back into, um, <clears throat> we could uh, tell a little bit about my story again for those who aren't aware of or haven't heard of. But um, the Administrative Procedure Act that was enacted, it, 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 it has its roots back into the 1800s. Prior to World War II, there were enactments and or provisions or attempts at. But after World War II, when we had an enormous military-industrial complex where civilians and soldiers and and one of the things that was you know put out at the very same time and this is after the geneva conventions nuremberg trials and more was protections for people serving in the military title 10 uniform code of military justice to ensure due process therein as well but also for civil servants who worked in federal service whether it be in or for or under the department of defense or Department of Agriculture, or any of the other number of departments that have, you know, popped up their um, heads over time. And there is a push right now, Romney's doing it, and uh, President Obama is doing it, uh, to consolidate, have some new reconsolidation of government um, under either or both of these two, you know, future presidential candidates in this next election, and they're talking about, and people don't realize this, doing away with the, the, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Education, the Department of Transportation, to where we're left with, like, Homeland Security and Department of Defense, where we have a, a Department of Offense, Department of Defense now, that would become our new Department of War again, and the newly found Department of Homeland Security, i.e. our new Department of Defense. Um, that's pretty scary. That goes to the military police state issues. But the Administrative Procedure Act is being used, and it was created, so that civil servants would not lose their constitutional rights or protections to due process and more, especially that, you know, uh, like a U.S. ambassador. Uh, if you're appointed as a U.S. ambassador, and they used to work under uh, similar uh, agreements that we do as, as maritime officers that we work under shipping articles which are valid articles of agreement under the constitution much like what a u.s ambassador works under these were contractual terms so that you could not lose your rights 
say you're appointed for a four-year term to a U.S. ambassadorship or more, uh, basically, if you were stripped of that for any reason, it had to be for cause, or your contract would be paid out, you know, for that term. Um, these things date all the way back to the Constitution. Our founders very much well understood and very much well respected contracts and employment rights. Our shipping articles that we work under that are akin to, they are articles of agreement, but akin to what a U.S. ambassador works on, or under under Admiralty and Maritime Law for ourselves, is they were enacted in 1791. They're, they're federal maritime contracts. When I board a vessel, I sign my shipping articles, not with anyone else on board, but the captain, as a representative of the ship operator and or possibly owner. It could be a ship operator for a company that operates a vessel for the U.S. government, like Maritime Administration or... Uh, military Sealift Command, Naval Fleet Auxiliary Force, and any number of other authorities. Uh, NOAA being another, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, uh, even the Department of Agriculture. Rather than having ships like they used to, even for our mail service, many of those were um, sold off and sold into what became American President Lines after World War II, uh, mail carriers. Uh, most of these ships and or the contracts or uh, the duty to do this has been privatized to where enormous families, uh, uh, corporate families, you know, like Ford Motor Company of that of that magnitude, but in shipping and other industries, have taken on these roles to where they own and control not just the assets that used to be those of the American people um, as public trusts, but to where they predominantly control the industry, whether it be mining, shipping, uh you know, transportation, oil, uh, you name it, to an extent to where we as individuals have no rights anymore. Uh, we have to, here in the United States, rather than going into court and having our grievances and our matters heard therein in an Article Three judiciary, we must now somehow exhaust our administrative remedies, even though we may not have any. Um, I have an independent right to get into federal court under the Jones Act and under maritime law, my shipping articles, and every enormous player under the sun, whether it be the Coast Guard, Homeland Security, I mean, the FBI has been involved, uh, uh, enormous shipping companies that are general agents of the United States, and even labor unions that are also general agents of the United States in this very peculiar industry, um, have basically put themselves on one side against me in my attempts to enforce my own shipping articles. Basically to protect due process. I've been accused of everything under the sun and not afforded access to the neutral uh, uh, industrial system of due process called the License Personnel Board. It's a line item in our federal contracts in our shipping articles only to find out I'm being denied access to it because the players, many of which are government agencies like MSC, NFAP, and others, who employ civilian mariners, um, and shipping companies, and the Coast Guard, and others, have been instrumental in doing away with this system of due process. Even though it was paid for by the United States, contracted by Congress, is has become an initial industrial system of due process that is to be paid for by or as a cost of doing business in the industry. That it, Before any profit comes out, 
the cost of these systems of due process are supposed to be paid for as a cost of doing business by the industry. And rather than doing that, they're attacking anyone who brings up these issues or tries to protect themselves or the industry or the larger issues. Right, exactly. So it's the system kind of uh, it's being taken over and obviously then defending itself in that process of takeover. Well, and part of the problem is that the law has been changed and they've used the Administrative Procedure Act to do it to where it's the it's the regulatory agency like the Coast Guard and the Coast Guard's now seen as a branch of military. It's not, it wasn't intended to be it's supposed to be a civil service. It started from, you know, volunteer services and then became civil services, then was basically militarized, the most recent being in 2003, 2002, under the cover of the launching of the war in Iraq when it was moved from the Department of Transportation into the Department of Homeland Security, as if it went through the Department of Defense, took military law with it, and is now saying that it is a standalone branch of military that can act as an agency and administer civilian law. Exactly right. So so where does this leave the average person out there who's listening to this? Um, in, 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 in trouble. I mean, if, if me in my position, and I'm not like, um, you know, touting my own uh, intelligence or training, <clears throat> but I do have a $300,000 education funded by the taxpayers, funded for a reason as an integral system of our, our uh, protections, like, our court system is a system, uh, it's a public trust, first and foremost, but it is a system of self-defense, of civil defense, and that if we are coming under any kind of attack, and many of these attacks can be seen initially in a, in a more civil uh, arena uh, to where they can and do oftentimes build up to where, you know, whether m- many wars in the past have been over trade, and if, if trade issues were properly resolved in a civil manner, it wouldn't uh, capitulate into war. Um, herein, some of these players that are involved are not only domestic players, but they're international players, many of which don't have a root base here in the United States, but their parent company is a foreign corporation. And we've seen that with Bill Clinton, uh, former President Bill Clinton, where he was taking money from the Chinese through a, a, a gardener, you know, a Chinese gardener, uh, who was giving millions of dollars um, to his campaign. Um, it, it raises the question of outside forces, political or economic or otherwise, who have their roots in other countries and are more, more beholding to themselves as a foreign national and or their corporation as a foreign corporation and or possibly their foreign government and their own people than they do to, you know, our own people and our own government and way of life and corporations are acting within the system. One of the key players in all of this is Neptune Orient Lines. It bought American President Lines, which used to be our premier flag carrier. Neptune Orient Lines is majority stake owned or was at the time when much of this started by the Singaporean government. And that places me in a very odd position where I've got the Department of Justice lawyers in the Ninth Circuit defending foreign corporations who are involved in what's going on. 
Yeah, well, uh, it's it's ridiculous, but perhaps not so surprising for people who understand the you know the way that this system has developed over the the decades. But uh, but absolutely, this is sort of the tip of the spear of a lot of this that's going on. So we'll have to. Uh, Continue breaking it down, but we are coming up against a break. Once again, if anyone out there would like to get in, 1-800-313-9443. Talking tonight to Eric Schein. And just a reminder that my own website, CorbettReport.com, is down at the moment as my server has crashed, and I am getting that fixed as soon as possible. So just hang on there. And speaking of hanging on, just hang on, and we'll be right back after these messages. Back to the program, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. Tonight we're talking to Eric Schein, and we are talking about a, a range of things, but here's a little thing that's come across the newswire that may be interesting. California Fusion Center tests an Inspire Magazine ember bomb. Uh, talking about the, the Al-Qaeda publication that the, uh, the old Al-Qaeda publishers, I guess, put out on a regular basis, and somehow, you know, the uh, U.S. intelligence apparatus just can't track them down, but uh, there there it is. They uh, put out the instructions for creating various types of bombs, so this California Fusion Center was uh, testing it, and you can go and download the documents of their, their test and what, what happened with that and all from uh, publicintelligence.net, um, a, a great source for people out there who haven't checked it out um, on all sorts of documents that, that leak out from various government agencies, and they have U.S. Army, military, police, uh, school, enemy, prisoner of war, and civilian internee policy and operations courses, and all sorts of, uh, you know, detainee policies and civil disturbance operations course uh, manuals. So uh, an interesting resource on a range of things that relate uh, quite often, quite a lot to what we are talking about here tonight, the uh, the martial law and all of its implications. And, of course, the, uh, the fusion center idea is something that Unfortunately, you are familiar with yourself there uh, in terms of your case, right, Eric? Right, James. Well, in um, 2008, they prosecuted me for four days in a federal fusion center, and the charges by a branch of military that I'm not in, the Coast Guard. And, and I, I don't know, I keep you know beating this drum and trying to get people to wake up that we here in the United States do not use the military to adjudicate civilian matters, civilian affairs, enforce civilian law. And you'd be surprised how few people get it. Even lawyers, uh, well-practiced, uh, well-studied uh, lawyers, they're, are, they're like, I don't have a problem in the military adjudicating civilian affairs. I'm like, what? How? Um, but in uh, from May 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, they had me in the Federal Fusion Center in Long Beach, California, which is the federal building, where they're converting the old federal building into what they're calling a fusion center to where it's everything from NASA to the CIA to the FBI to the courts, all, you know, basically the executive branch in and married with the courts along with, you know, basically all three branches of the government in the same building uh, to where uh, not just all three branches of the government, but to where you've got um, the the military personnel, Homeland Security, and or Coast Guard, and or FBI, and or CIA, and others, um, the court personnel and more, all working out in the same gym. So you talk about yeah. separation yeah, separation of powers right. and the issues of basically 
because I mean, even in the military, we have that that concept of um, anti fraternization policies where the officers don't fraternize with enlisted personnel, <clears throat> and that's there for a reason. Because you know, um, <clears throat> say a guy and a girl get together, and I guess that's changed now, even as to who can get together and whatever. And I, I won't ask, and you know, you don't have to tell. But the um, uh, issue of say a, a man and a woman get together, one is an officer and the other is not, and they're in their platoon. It goes to conflicts of interest, just like in a corporation, where you could be forced to pick people from your platoon or command uh, that have to die, that have to be sent on a mission where there's little or no chance that anyone might survive. You know, like Dirty Dozen or something like that, or whatever. Um, you know, the movie I'm talking about. Uh, and there's reasons for all this, and they're not just, um, they don't just go to human nature, but they're practical, they're common sense, they're, they, they're intended to prevent conflicts of interest. And that's one of the biggest problems now, is that all these walls that were there to separate the Article One, you know, uh, legislature and the Article Two executive branch, those in charge with enforcing the law, or executing the law, and the Article Three judiciary to carry on oversight of and clean up any mess therefrom, are now basically all in one. And and to some extent, where Congress itself sees that it is the president, like even Obamacare, and that wasn't even an issue that was raised with the uh, health care law, is that it's it's rather than Congress meeting and debating and deliberating over, and then passing through compromise legislation. It's the president who is presenting legislation to Congress and having them sign off on and or press forward legislate. It's one thing for the president to meet with Congress and say, look, I'm having a problem. This is what it is, whether it's going to war or anything else. And that's why we have the system of where Congress declares war. And it's supposed to be the president going in and convincing Congress that we need to go to war or Congress itself coming to that conclusion through debate and deliberation, much like our, you know, First Continental Congress and our Declaration of Independence. Um, but that's not what's going on here in almost all regards. And to where I am up against a branch of military that I'm not in that is adjudicating, policing, regulating, enforcing, and thus making civilian law to where I was up against in that Federal Fusion Center a JAG officer in the Coast Guard, a commissioned, uniformed military attorney, much like in uh, the movie A Few Good Men with um, Jack Nicholson and um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's character is basically what I was up against in court as an alleged civilian. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, right. Something like that, yeah. yeah I <laughs> All right, well, again, we're up against the break, so let's take a short break. We'll be right back chatting once again with Eric Schein. And once again, 1-800-313-9443 if you'd like to get in on tonight's conversation. So sit right there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. All right, we're back. 
once again here on Corporate Report Radio talking to Eric Schein. And uh, just before the break there, we were discussing the fusion centers, for example, and the, the, all of the implications that are mixed up in there. And, of course, that extends into a lot of different spheres, not just the uh, the military police uh, law enforcement divide, but even the intelligence agency uh, versus domestic law enforcement divide. And, uh, of course, we see now the CIA open, openly working with the NYPD and other uh, police departments to, to exchange information in the name, of course, of fighting the, uh, the al-Qaeda boogeymen. But really, I mean, that in itself is a flagrant violation of the CIA's mandate, but one that's happening absolutely out in the open and, and admittedly. And no one's batting an eyelash or, or thinking twice about it. So it does go to show, I think, to a certain extent, just how much the public has been dumbed down in terms of the debate and why this type of debate is even important. What do you think, Eric? I agree wholeheartedly. It's like um, I've even talked to military officers who, and, I, and you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it's 50-50. I would say it's um, 70-30, 70% not the issues, 30% getting it right away to where, no, that's not our country. We don't use the military to adjudicate civilian affairs. That's not our system. Um, ingrained into people, and a lot of this came from World War II, uh, debates in Congress at the time, uh, movement of the Coast Guard out of the Department of War, the new creation of the Department of Defense with all the other four branches of you know, military, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, therein under Title X, placing the Coast Guard as a civil service under Title 14, uh, on and on. It's almost like what comes to mind is, and I think this, our founders here in the United States said this very well about the, uh, the blood of tyrants and of patriots, that at some point, and I'm not, I, I'm not abdicating rebellion or revolution or anything, whatever, other than peaceful. And, and I'm, one way to do that is through the Administrative Procedure Act itself. If people well understood it and how it functions and how it's been used as a weapon against us and started to study it and use it to hold hearings to form the rules and regulations that are extensions of the law that are in keeping with the Constitution or should be, but are not for the most part. Parlin McKenna said in these proceedings, uh, which were not, they were actually, I've been all over the place. I've been in uh, a courtroom on the Coast Guard station in San Diego, in the tax court in San Diego before the Coast Guard, before the bankruptcy court uh, before the Coast Guard. Uh, that's all down in San Diego. Then in Long Beach, and when they when the first ALJ recused himself, when it was sent back to him to hold a hearing that he never held, you know, five, six years later, um, and he recuses himself, they brought in a judge from New York. So these this whole system is so far outside the Constitution and any constraints of districts and answering to a district court judge and having it within a particular district and following normal personal and uh, constitutional and even corporate structures to where there's requirements like on where a matter is heard and it goes to like where did the the incident occur, uh, where do the different principles involve the litigants either the plaintiff and or the defendant, uh, where are they, uh, what is the proximity to, of them to a particular district. Um, here, uh, the Coast Guard has claimed that they have floating jurisdiction worldwide and that they can basically move their judges around at will behind the scenes 
and do this all outside the constraints that bind federal district court judges and circuit appellate judges. So they literally have more power than federal district court judges and circuit appellate judges. That's mind-blowing. That's mind-boggling that administrative judges that are nothing more than quote-unquote hearing officers who are from, they say it's Article 1, that these are congressional courts or, or legislative courts, basically the extension of Congress. Congress passes the initial law, then these agencies are allowed through the APA to fine-tune the law. And their fine-tunement may be 180 degrees out of the actual language of and specifically the intent by debate and deliberation that is recorded of Congress. Here they're trying to use the um, Shipping Commissioners Act of uh, 1871, uh, 46 U.S.C. 239G, to hold these courts when it's been stripped of the, con- of the, of the Coast Guard by Congress and defunded. And that's, I brought up with you before about um, the issues or concerns on programs that are not properly funded, like No Child Left Behind, because uh, at any point in time, if Congress has not properly funded a program, it allows the executive branch, through whatever means necessary, the military if they want, to bring in the resources, the assets, and the personnel to fill that mandate by Congress. That's scary, and those are the kind of yeah. things that. Well, those are the kind of things though that are being dropped in the conversation mm-hmm. as all of these laws are just being pumped out of Congress. Absolutely right. I mean, that's that is an important point, and that's just part of the growing uh, executive and fiat nature of uh, the American system. What it's devolved into as uh, as uh, we have this system of executive orders that that really that's dic- seem to that's, that's dictatorship. Exactly, exactly, on its face. Well, because it's not, the president is supposed to take acts of Congress and through policy, executive order, issue executive orders and move people and personnel around to follow the will of Congress, which is supposed to be the will of the people. And that's not what's going on. I mean, literally, they've taken the the word or term, execute the law, meaning that they can go out and shoot kill the law, burn it, you know, upend it, whatever, and act literally 180 degrees out of the actual intent of the law and do so by uh, executive caveat because these Article One courts, people really need to go study what an Article One court is versus an Article Two court or an Article Three court because these Article One courts are, are extenuations of Congress itself to where it's literally the executive branch who fills these con- congressional courts, and it is the executive branch that is using the APA. The, the Administrative Procedure Act disallows the use of any branch of military to administer the APA, and yet the, the Coast Guard, which quote-unquote has an exception to it, the only reason it had an exception was because it was a civil service, not a true branch of military. It's not. It wasn't in the Department of Defense, like Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. It only became a branch of military when it was moved into the Department of Defense under Title X executive orders, taking personnel from a civil service and making them military personnel, not just under the DOD, but under the Navy. And they could, uh, by extenuation, go into other services if necessary. But even in that regard, they would probably have to transfer them into the Navy first and foremost 
and then from the Navy into other branches. But there's a whole system and a way of doing all this and, and, a, and a, a by-the-book manner that has basically been thrown out completely. And, and our, our Constitution has paid the price. Like I said, McKenna said, I have no Fifth Amendment rights in these proceedings. It's on the record. So an American in an American court or tribunal is not protected by the Bill of Rights. Because they say so. Right. Well, and, and this is, these are administrative law judges who are supposed to be so tightly bound by the rules and regulations of their own agency that are supposed to be in keeping with and look up to, like they have a case law, it's Wood, CDOA, uh, Commandant's Decision on Appeal 2064, where Wood killed a guy on board. It was self-defense. The FBI or DOJ didn't go after him because it was self-defense and they ruled this. Even though they found this to be self-defense and the guy was just protecting himself from an attack on board and other witnesses found this, the Coast Guard went after him for murder. The Coast Guard went after somebody on board a ship rather than bringing him into a circuit court, charging him with murder. They went to revoke his license for killing somebody. And it turns out that it was eventually dismissed due to uh, due process violations and waiting 27 months to um, bring charges against the individual. Whereas the Coast Guard, I haven't killed anybody. The Coast Guard overturned Wood in its decision on me. Mine was like 25 months uh, for them to actually bring charges. But it's been over five years before I even got into a hearing and the hearing was before a guy who was the lieutenant commander in the Coast Guard. Gee, I, human nature. A defect or default or push comes to shove, who do you think he's going to rule in favor of? Coast Guard or me? I would have to say the Coast Guard. Uh, plus, the prosecutor was a lieutenant who investigated incidents in 2002 where I tried to stop an explosion before it happened. And uh, he came back in after going to law school, gets promoted to lieutenant commander, and is a JAG officer prosecuting me in the proceedings in the Federal Fusion Center. It's just it's just ridiculous. And so absolutely would not happen in any actual court of law. But. No, except in a banana republic. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, like, a, and I hate to say this, and nothing against any South American states, but, you know, that's where the term comes from, where the CIA and Dole and other, you know, banana companies... Uh, and, and many of these banana companies were fronts for the CIA. Um, they were gold plate, you know, uh, front companies for the CIA. Uh, even recently, we had, just uh, ousted their president after giving him 24 hours notice for an impeachment hearing. He had two hours to make a defense, and then uh, they, they impeached him that same day. So, again, well, it's just more of that going on. And and you can see the same thing like the Niger Delta and more with the oil companies and all the other stuff going on there to where... Our corporate interests, our corporate families, the, the ruling elite here in the United States, are using our government, which is supposed to be there to protect us all, and not to, you know, they're doing now what they've been doing overseas for a very long time. They're now doing here at home. That's how bold that they have become and how arrogant they have become because they've been getting away with it for a very long time. Even in the maritime industry, uh, this, I'm not the first person, I'm probably the worst example, possibly, to where I'm like, you know, Kafka on the waterfront or something, um, and, you know, mar- marrying on the waterfront with Kafka, uh, n- no pun intended, 
um, uh, to where it's very clear I'm a naval officer. I have a top secret security clearance. I went to a federal military service academy, um, $300,000 education all paid for by the federal government, uh, advanced degree and license, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm trying to explain and present the problems in what are going on in the industry, not only as to civil defense and your ability to grieve a matter, have it heard, get it over with and move on, regardless of the scope of the issue, whether it's pay, vacation, feeding programs on board, or smuggling of weapons or small arms or weapons of mass destruction on board a ship into the United States, if we can't discuss, file grievances on, and have them heard in the proper manner about minor things like safety or food or vacation or pay or overtime or penalty time, and that system has been taken down, and and I'm blowing the whistle on the system being taken down to hear these matters, how can we aggrieve and or have matters heard by a more neutral third party who might have interest in the captain of a very large vessel being involved, taking whether they've kidnapped his family or, or the guy owes money and to the mob or something, and they say, look, we just want you to turn your back. We're going to put this container on your ship. Don't worry what's in it. Uh, we'll take care of that. We'll pay you a couple hundred thousand dollars. To think that something like that could not happen and that uh, allowing the individuals that are there, frontline defense, whether it's on board a ship, working for a federal employer, federal contractor, even working for the military, and, and you can go on to what happened in Afghanistan and uh, shoving civilians into containers and leaving them out the desert and all kinds of other stuff. The best way and the only way to upend the corruption and to end the corruption is to ensure that regard, and this goes to whistleblowing and or our First Amendment, so that individuals who know, who are on the front line, have a safe avenue to raise issues, regardless of how small or how large, and those systems are not in place in our country anymore. And whistleblowers are, of course, the prime example of that. But if you try to, as an individual, go up against a mega corporation, General Electric, uh, many of these shipping companies have been around for a 100 years. They know the, the courts and the people in the courts and have their own people in the courts far better than I do as some you know uh, individual coming forth, regardless of my education or intellect. Um, that at some point, an individual cannot protect themselves uh, in such a system. I mean, that they've they've gotten the Coast Guard, a branch of military that I'm not in, to file what is effectively a counter complaint, pulling me out of and stepping upon civil complaints in federal court, which should be it should be like a church. It's protected, you know. Sorry, uh, you can't. Um, uh, 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 I'm, I'm thinking of like all the um, vampire rituals or whatever and all the folklore and everything revolving around that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, or even political asylum. I mean, if you look back through the year and some of that folklore comes from that political asylum in the past was a church that you could seek political asylum inside of a church and that you were protected. Um, the, our federal courts should be the same, that at some point, regardless of the issue, regardless of the players, that the the blindfolded eyes of justice and the scales that she holds before her 
Um, the heavier party should, to some degree, without viewing this, raise the smaller party up on those scales so that the smaller party can be heard and, and say what's going on. And I've been denied it. Yeah. Well, and how telling is it that now the uh, the churches are 501c3 corporations right. and yeah. for political speeches yeah. banned from them. So, yeah, yeah that just well, goes that, to show. But, right, and you start to go and that they're really trying to set up, and this is what I've said in the past, this whole concept of New World Order is nothing but Newspeak, Doublespeak, L. Ron Hubbard speak for a new reinvigorated worldwide system of United Kingdoms. That's all, that's all that's going on. It's, it's the age old battle of will we live in a republic where the royalties go to the people, all the people, and they're shared evenly, you know, and we have public trusts like libraries and public roads and, uh, uh, a public court system and more, or will we have a system of royalty to where we have a self-elected, self-appointed group of families who all the royalties and the benefits go to, much like vulture capitalist, uh, Mitt Romney. Well, if we keep getting choices like Obama or Romney, I guess it's, uh, it doesn't really matter who people choose. Well, and that, I mean, that does go to a lot too, to some extent, because it's the corporations that have been using the Administrative Procedure Act against us, to where the corporations are setting, making the rules, much like Chrysler did, uh, in its day and age, back, back in the heyday in the, you know, early 1900s. I hear the music. Indeed. Well, we are coming up against the final break, so let's take another break. We will be back to wrap things up in the final few minutes here of Corbett Report Radio with our guest, Eric Schein. There's a man who leads a life of danger. All right, friends, here we are back in the final few minutes of tonight's episode of the broadcast. We are here on Corporate Report Radio. We've been talking to Lieutenant Eric Schein, and we've been talking about the unfortunate unfolding of the police state in all of its various forms, and, of course, uh, the Administrative Procedures Act and the various ways it's being implemented right now. So, Eric, just in the final few minutes here, let's talk about uh, things that uh, that people can do if they're concerned about this and ways that people can help you out. Well, I really need, and, you know, we talked off the record about this, but um, I could really use an angel. I mean, I really need some. I, 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 I've even brought up, and this goes back years, you know, about an underground railroad trying to figure out a way out of this and um, get somewhere. I don't know, you know, where did, uh, America used to be considered the uh, shining beacon on the hill. Uh, this is where everybody used to run to, you know, uh, coming out of uh, political asylum. Um, into the United States, uh, I, I guess the biggest thing is I'm in the Ninth Circuit right now, trying to get the matters presented to the Ninth Circuit. I would hope that they would possibly, you know, I, I have a better chance in the Ninth Circuit than any other circuit probably in the United States of actually having them hear them, the matters for what they are. Part of the problem also is getting them, um, presented to the court properly. Uh, even issues as to the military adjudicating civilian affairs, um, I can't get a lawyer that wants to present that matter to the court. Um, but my point was, is I could use funding, I could use some help, I could use some backing, I could use a, or, you know, a real job. Um, they went after this guy named Dresser, uh, for failing a drug test. 
and they've gone after him for about 10 years the same way instead of like you know saying okay there there are problems with the tests uh in the future we're going to do random on you we'll put you back to work and move on instead of spending 10 years of litigation in the courts bankrupting this individual he has been able to find other employment um uh and basically his license doesn't mean anything to him he's been able because you know he got nailed for smoking pot uh, here, I'm a little bit different where they're trying to say I'm medically mentally incompetent and delusional. I, I can't even get medical insurance, let alone anything else. I, they've placed me in such a black hole, much like Kafka, that I can't get out of my own volition. I can't get out by myself. And I really need, uh, you know, people to circle the wagons to some extent. You know, I've been asking for this for a long time. Um, and I would say that, you know, putting it out there, and you having me on these programs hasn't hurt, as far as I know, and has helped. And I have had people, um, you know, come forward and try to assist or or, or let, give some level of assistance, uh, albeit sometimes just you know guidance. And I have pursued that guidance, um, but I am before the Ninth Circuit. I am trying to get the matters heard. I don't know specifically what because they've just blown up the record to such a degree. There's so many issues. It's like picking and choosing what might get me out of this somehow uh, to survive this so that I might be able to tell the story of what's gone on and what's going on and what part of the problems are, if any of this can even be cured at this point. And I don't mean me. I mean what's going on with the APA and military stepping in and changing the Coast Guard from a branch of civil service to a branch of military and on and on. Well, as you say, it goes to the heart of what America is or used to be or what people think it should be or all of those types of issues. So it is absolutely central to uh, to all of the Americans, certainly in the audience and people around the world who are concerned with the ways that uh, that America is going. And, of course, uh, as goes America, so goes the rest of the so-called free world. But on that note, we are running out of time here. So, Eric Schein, once again, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you, James. Really appreciate having me back on. All right. Well, that's it for tonight, folks. So uh, this is your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And once again, I am trying to get the servers back as soon as possible. So hopefully that will be up in the next few hours. At any rate, you can follow me on Twitter at CorbettReport for the latest updates. And until tomorrow night, thank you all for listening and take care.